Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. It's Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading Brian St. Pierre's article, It Won't Kill You to Grill, Grilling the Safest, Most Delicious Food Without the Health Risks. So are you worried about grilling and cancer? Well, don't let the fear mongers fool you. You can check out these ingenious ways to grill for your health in today's article. The smell of the grill, the hiss of the flame, the fun of a backyard barbecue. Grilling is one of the great joys of summer. At the same time, grilling meat does have its risks. So here's how to use your grill to make nutritious, delicious food with minimal health hazards. So let's get that grill fired up and get started with In Defense of the Grill. It's a universal truth, at least in my house. Grilling makes food taste good. It doesn't matter what you put on there. It smells and tastes amazing. Burgers, steak, seafood, tofu, veggies, even lettuce. Yes, 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 and surprisingly, yes. The grill even makes salad taste better. Try grilled radicchio sometime. It's awesome. But of course, the grill doesn't just make food tasty. It offers some legitimate health benefits too. For instance, you don't need much oil for grilling, unlike, say, sautéing in a pan. And fat drips off during cooking. That's not to say dietary fat is bad. In fact, the right balance of dietary fat is important for health. It's just that excess fat, like the excess carbohydrate or protein, is something to be careful about. Plus, if you're grilling, it probably means you're cooking for yourself. The company of family and friends, the great outdoors, the easy minimal cleanup, these are all perks that mean you can be less tempted to head to a restaurant or call up some takeout. In the big picture, calorie-packed dishes, overeating, social isolation, and lack of outdoor exposure do far more to damage our health than the occasional intake of HCAs or PAHs and we'll get to those in a moment. So keep things in perspective. Give your grill and family and friends and your sunny backyard some love. Now, of course, you're probably wondering, but doesn't grilling cause cancer? Well, now that we've gone and given our grill a big hug, or was that just me? Let's look at why grilling has gotten so much flack lately. Grilling meat does produce a couple of chemicals that may increase the risk of cancer. Scary sounding, I know but let's talk a little bit more about it. Heterocyclic amines, or HCAs, form when meat is overcooked or charbroiled. Creatine, amino acids, and sugars in meat react together with heat. What's interesting is this is the same process as the Maillard reaction, the chemical reaction that browns meat 
It makes it so tasty. Well, HCAs can damage and change DNA. Thus, the Department of Health and Human Services places HCAs in the reasonably anticipated to be a human carcinogen category. Hmm, Not good, right? Animal research does consistently show that HCAs contribute to cancer development, at least in very large doses. And that very large dose part? Well, that's important. Likewise, human research shows that eating a lot of HCAs is associated with a higher risk of cancer. More than 17 different HCAs have been identified as potentially risky for humans. And there are four factors that do influence HCA formation. The first being the type of food. The second being how it's cooked. The third being temperature. And the fourth is how long it's cooked. But temperature is the most important of these four. While HCAs begin to form at 212 Fahrenheit, or 100 degrees Celsius, the truly nasty types start to be made in large quantities at about 572 degrees Fahrenheit, or 300 degrees Celsius. Most people grill their food in the 375 to 500 Fahrenheit degree range, though some will go up to 650 to sear a steak, for example. Now let's talk about polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons those PAHs. PAHs form when meat is charred or blackened, or when the fat from the meat drips onto the hot surface of the grill. This forms PAHs in the smoke, which then permeates the meat. PAHs include over a hundred different compounds formed by the incomplete burning of organic matter, things like the oil, gas, coal, food, and so forth, at temperatures in excess of 392 degrees Fahrenheit or 200 degrees Celsius. The Environmental Protection Agency has classified seven PAHs as probable human carcinogens. Now this PAH creation, it's influenced by things like temperature of cooking, how long food is cooked, the type of fuel used in heating, the distance from the heat source, and the fat content of the food. Essentially, the hotter and longer a meat is cooked, the more HCAs and PAHs. Direct heat methods, like frying and grilling, produce more than the indirect methods like stewing, steaming, or poaching. And another interesting point. HCAs and PAHs can only damage DNA after they have been metabolized by certain enzymes, a process known as bioactivation. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. Also, different people have different levels of enzyme activity, which likely affects how their bodies process HCAs and PAHs, and thus, their potential disease risk. So, how do we make grilling healthier? Well, regardless of your own personal response to HCAs or PAHs, there are some universal ways to reduce their formation and protect yourself from damage. And, guess what? These just so happen to be easy and tasty too. First up, one of my favorites, use herbs and spices. Herbs and spices make food, well, taste great. They also help lower HCA and PAH content. The volatile oils and other compounds that give herbs and spices their flavor and punch, and their superpowers, such as antioxidant activity, can help prevent the formation of these harmful chemicals. Here are a few examples. Rosemary. It's the most researched herb, and it can lower HCA formation by up to 90% in some cases. As a bonus, rosemary also has an incredible capacity for destroying 
the most noxious form of E. coli, 0157H7. It decreases cancer and food poisoning risk in one shot. How cool is that? Other herbs from the mint family, which if you didn't know, rosemary is part of the mint family, all decrease HCA formation. So this would include things like basil and thyme, sage, and my favorite, oregano. Turmeric is another helpful spice. This classic spice is used in South and East Asian dishes. It's what makes curry yellow. Turmeric can decrease HCA formation by up to 40%. And your humble onion powder has also been shown to reduce one of the major types of HCAs, PHIP, by up to 94%. Plus there's fresh garlic. When used in marinades, it can also decrease HCA formation by up to 70%. Now let's talk about marinating your meat. Acid-based marinades, such as vinegar, lemon or lime juice, wine, even yogurt, can dramatically reduce HCA formation. In one study, a teriyaki marinade was able to lower HCA levels by 44 to 67%, whereas a honey barbecue sauce marinade increased HCA formation 1.9 to 2.9 times. Now this is probably due to the high sugar content and low phenolic and antioxidant content of the barbecue sauce. A bonus tip, an acid-based marinade likely contains less sugar and fewer calories than the barbecue sauce. But if you are going to use the barbecue sauce, just put it on at the end of the cooking. That way it's less likely to burn and char. And here's another one, beer marinades. Yeah, they work too, particularly ones made with dark beer. In one experiment, Marinating pork in dark beer before grilling decreased PAH levels by 53%, whereas a light Pilsner marinade only reduced PAH by 13%. Other research has found that marinades can lower HCA levels by as much as 99%. Even coating your meat in a little olive oil can help keep HCA in check by helping to prevent the meat from charring. But don't go crazy, as fat dripping on the flame can increase those PAH levels. And of course, don't overcook. You should never overcook. HCAs and PAHs depend on temperature plus time. The hotter the temperature and the longer the cooking time, the more HCAs and PAHs get produced. So overcooking not only turns your steak into shoe leather, it produces more HCAs and PAHs. In fact, well-done meat contains three and a half times as many HCAs as medium-rare meat. Blackened and charred meat have the highest levels of HCAs and PAHs, so either prevent them from developing in the first place, or cut blackened bits off when they happen. Exposure to high heat in general can also be a problem. While it might seem better to use lower temperature and longer cooking barbecue methods, this approach actually leads to high levels of PAHs NHCAs because meat is cooking so long. Remember, this is about temperature and time, not just one or the other. So what's your best bet? Go with medium-high temperatures, about 375 to 450 degrees Fahrenheit, and make sure to cook until meat reaches appropriate internal temperatures for food safety, but no longer. And here's another common sense tip. Choose your meat wisely. High-processed meats have a much stronger link to cancer than less processed meats. Foods with added nitrates like hot dogs, bacon, sausage, ham, and deli meats, they're thought to be much more problematic 
than whole food meats like beef, chicken, pork, and fish. And this remains true even when factoring in the HCAs and PAHs created by grilling whole food meats. So start with high quality meat. And most of the time, use whole, less processed cuts of meat, such as steaks, chicken thighs, ribs, and so forth. Fresh fish and seafood grill up nicely as well. And here you go. If you like burgers, just try making your own with ground beef, lamb, pork, bison, even chicken or turkey. And if you like sausages, look for fresh, traditionally made versions if possible. Want to take it up a notch? Go with relatively leaner cuts, as fattier cuts drip more lipids into the grill, and that causes greater PAH formation. And here's another thing to remember. Fruits and veggies are your friends, so pair them with some grilled meats, and they can also help fight any potential HCA, PAH damage. First, like herbs and spices, fruits and vegetables, especially those colorful ones, are full of health-promoting chemical compounds. In particular, foods that inhibit the mutagenic activity of HCAs include things like cherries, dried plums, apples, blueberries, red grapes, kiwi, watermelon, even spinach, parsley, green and black tea, and yes, red wine. That's already sounding like a good summer grill menu to us. Perhaps a mixed green salad, iced green tea, and fruit for dessert. You can also use some of these foods in your marinades. As an example, you can mash cherries with lime juice and olive oil and add some spices of your choice, then marinate your meat before you cook. In addition, fruits and vegetables help the liver remove potential toxins from the body. Cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, and so forth do seem to be extra helpful. And the probiotics in fermented dairy foods, like a good yogurt dip, are also effective at neutralizing HCA mutagenic activity. And here's another interesting point. The yeast in beer, it also seems to have some neutralizing ability. So even if you don't use a beer marinade, simply drinking a beer with your grilled meat can significantly lower the mutagenic activity of the HCAs that's formed. Hey man, you don't have to tell me twice. Now here are some other ways you can reduce the formation of these dangerous compounds. First, cut your meat into smaller pieces to shorten the cooking time. This will also help decrease the risk of charring and burning and lower the exposure of the meat to high temperatures. You can flip your meat frequently to also help prevent charring and burning. And cook meat on medium to medium high heat. Longer cooking times and higher temperatures can both pose health risks, so a moderate approach is best. And lastly, you can cover the grill with foil to reduce drips and flare-ups. Now with all this in mind, here's what to do next. First, cook at home. If grilling helps you do more home cooking, go for it. Enjoy your grilled meat as part of a well-balanced meal. Share the fun of a summer grilling with family and friends. Meanwhile, think about what you're eating with your grilled meat. Mayonnaise-drenched potato salad and a pile of chips? Or how about instead a fresh salad and a skewer of grilled veggies? The usual dose of common sense applies here. And keep the risks in perspective. Overall, HCAs and PAHs make a minor contribution to your cancer risk. Being sedentary, having excess body fat, and eating a diet rich in highly processed foods, well, those are much greater risk factors. If you have some slow-cooked, pit-roasted ribs in your life once in a while, you'll probably survive, and likely be happier overall. So don't be afraid of your food. 
and use grill-friendly seasonings and marinades. Use the power of herbs and spices to lower your risk and make the food more flavorful. Marinate your meat in acidic marinades rather than sugary sauces. And here's another tip that I think all of you can get behind. Eat good food. Quality meat is better for you than the processed stuff. It also generally needs less time on the grill. Who wants to cook a pricey grass-fed steak to well done? Choose leaner cuts when possible, add lots of fruits and veggies to the mix, and you're golden. And lastly, grill smart. That low and slow barbecue might taste good, but it's not ideal for overall health. High temperatures can be dangerous too, so just go for a medium to medium-high heat and cook your meat to the safety standards, and no more. Flip that meat regularly to avoid flare-ups, choose smaller cuts that cook fast, when you can, and hey, if you just want a burger and a beer on a hot summer day, go for it. Enjoy it. Alright everyone, we hope you enjoyed this article by Brian St. Pierre called It Won't Kill You to Grill. Grilling the safest, most delicious food without the health risks. And if you'd like, you can read the article yourself online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash how dash to dash grill dash healthy dash food. Thanks for listening. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.